Welcome back to season three of my podcast. I am Amanda Blackwood, the survivor. As many of you know, I wrote my autobiography as a survivor of human trafficking called Custom Justice. For those of you who didn't know, now you do. Keeping in line with that, this entire season is going to be focused on interviewing other trauma survivors who did or plan to write about their own experiences as trauma survivors and how they overcame their past. Get ready to hear from some truly incredible people. Please hang on for a moment through this brief advertisement. This is what currently pays for the show. Of course, I will also take donations through PayPal to keep the show running, or you can show support by a simple book purchase. I have quite a few out there. Just look for books by Amanda Blackwood on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Your purchase does go to helping to support local organizations that help fight human trafficking also. Good evening, Maggie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? (laughs) Not too bad. It's nice to hear your voice and finally get a chance to talk to you in real life. This is awesome. Thank you so much for inviting me. Absolutely. Um, just gonna just gonna let our listeners here real quick know who you are. So Maggie is a combat veteran. She introduced herself to me as one of the first females in the army to be in a combat situation in Operation Enduring Freedom. So Maggie's convoy was hit with an IED and she suffered a brain injury, broken back, hip and ankle. Holy cow. Maggie was paralyzed for eight months and through extensive rehab, she learned to walk again. Holy cow, Maggie. So you're now a disabled vet uh, and you have also accomplished the incredible task of self-publishing. That is how you introduced yourself to me and what a blockbuster introduction that was. It makes an, a little bit of an impression. Yeah, absolutely. I imagine it does every single time. It's amazing. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? What's your family like? Where are you from originally? So my family is from Colorado. Um, it's just me, my mom, my dad, and my sister. Um, and we're from Western Colorado, almost by the Utah border. And um it's a really pretty really beautiful place lots of outdoors like very elven vibe stand by just one moment we lost maggie um so we're from um i live in western colorado or grew up in western colorado um it's a very um outdoorsy area there's lots of mountain uh hiking and outdoor sports um it's very elven um trees and so it's really funny because half of like my town is all woods and mountains and then the other half is straight up desert and (laughs) so hot it makes no sense but uh (laughs) Yeah, so we're just from Western Colorado. Very cool. Um, that's I, I love talking to other people that are that live in or have lived in Colorado. It's it's been recently voted as the most beautiful state in the United States, and I have to agree. I love it here. Because yeah. you're you're out in uh, the Denver area, right? Right. I've been out there to the Western slopes, though. Uh, I, when I was a flight attendant, I used to go out there and uh, get overnights in Grand Junction. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever do any of the hiking? 
No, I never had that much time on my hands, unfortunately. It was usually 12 hours was all I would get. And uh -huh. that was uh, going to be reserved for sleep. Oh, right. A little bit of a sleep princess. <laughs> so in that intro, I was talking about a little bit of your trauma and the stuff that you've overcome, but let's hear it from you. Can you tell us a little bit about um, the forms of trauma that you've had to overcome? Um, so I guess the biggest trauma that I've had to overcome um, is, of course, the physical trauma, you know, navigating my way through being very active and um, workout oriented to having just a massive amount of injuries and the mental um, toll that it takes on you. Once that happens, um, I would say probably the mental toll more than anything is what has been my biggest struggle uh, over the years. Cause this happened almost actually next year will be 10 years uh, since I've been out of the army. Wow. Um, so just, it's taken me this whole time to just get my head wrapped around that I'm not still in the army, you know, I'm not going to retire. Um, I have kids now um, and I can't really run around and chase after them like I would want to because of my injuries. And so my mental health is up and down and all around just because of that. Um so it's definitely challenging. There's definitely days where I just let my anxiety get to me because of everything and I don't really know how to control it. Yeah. So it's, uh, I'm still learning. Yeah, I hear that. I still struggle with mine too. The anxiety, the PTSD, all that stuff. It just alters the way our brains work. It, yes. it changes something inside us and it's not like we can just flip a light switch and say, I don't want to feel that anymore. So I'm not going to, it doesn't work that way. Right. <laughs> and like pressing it down doesn't help either. And then oh yeah, <laughs> it also helps to talk about it to people. I feel too, because they just kind of like, Oh, well, you know, is it really that bad? Oh Yeah. Yep, I've had people actually uh, wave me off literally with the back of their hand. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yep, it's a little insane what people will be willing to do just because they don't want to hear the truth or they don't want to hear what's happened to somebody else. They can't wrap their brain around it. It's right. the weirdest thing. I think it's because most people are selfish and they're like, oh, well, it can't really be that bad. Right. Yep, I've had a few people say that i i actually had one young man one day tell me well trafficking is all in your head it doesn't exist um but <laughs> yeah we won't get into that that was a whole mess <laughs> uh so what helped you when you were looking to heal and to move past all the trauma that you've gone through in your past in your life you know I honestly had to go into a downward spiral before I could pick myself up. Once my injuries, um, you know, were the reason that I was being uh, chaptered out of the army, I drank a lot. Um, I partied a lot and 
Um, you know, I wasn't really nice to the people around me because I couldn't, I couldn't process what was going on. And I think that I needed to do that and just get everything out of my system for like seven. Yeah. Stand by just a moment. We lost Maggie again. Be right back with her. You got into bodybuilding. That's insane. How did you do that? That's crazy. I did. So I researched a couple of trainers in my, uh, you know, in the Denver area and found uh, a lady called Brittany Culp and talked to her for a week and finally decided to sign up for, you know, her uh, personal training. And uh, when I say bodybuilding, my goal was to be like a super huge bodybuilder and, um, that didn't happen, but I did like a passion and a, and an outlet being a bodybuilder that I could put all my frustration and my anger into. And, um, I lost probably about 40 pounds, um, of fat and I gained around 30 pounds of muscle oh, wow! Um, in eight months. Oh my and gosh. So that was really when I like woke up and I was like, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to do some. And so over the last few years, I've just been channeling all of that, um, you know, all of that pain and frustration and anger into weightlifting and working out. Wow. That's very cool. That's neat. That's kind of a cool way to be able to, um, aim for something like that. I, I, I'm afraid I don't have the motivation. You're a better person than I am. (laughs) Well, you know what? It takes two weeks to create a habit and, you know, all of the endorphins and everything, the happy drugs that you get, uh, from the muscle release while you're working out, it actually becomes, um, its own addiction. And so like, when I don't work out, I'm like, oh, man, I need to be in the gym. I need to be doing something physical. And it hurts so bad to be on the stair stepper, to lift weights, um, to do anything. You know, even walking hurts. But it feels so good after because I had a veteran once tell me um, that once you sit down and you quit moving, you die. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, I definitely do not want to be in that boat. So you got to push through the pain no matter what. Yeah. I hear that. You're going to motivate me. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. We can be workout partners. <laughs> so in your journey, um, I know the working out has helped and you mentioned Brittany, are there other services, other resources, other people that were instrumental in helping you to get past everything? Um, so my mom and I are super close and my dad and they've always been there for me since day one. They've always been super supportive, um, of every decision I've made in my adult career. And, um, you know, they've just tried different avenues to help me get on track, 
um, to support my goals and um, doing college. And they're, um, they're pretty much why I'm still here um, is because of just all of their support. So other than Brittany and getting me into working out, it's definitely my parents um, that helped me through it. And then now uh, my husband and my kids as well they keep me going and make me want to you know seek out the help that I need to be better so that I can be a better person for them that's awesome it's amazing how much of a motivator family can be my own blood relatives were never uh all that great but I have an adopted family out here and my husband and my son and his two kids and they're just all of them it's just they're just amazing people a lot of help (laughs) right a chosen family sometimes is much better than blood yeah exactly my best friend taught me that uh, blood isn't always family and family isn't always blood exactly yeah so when you get through stuff when you manage to accomplish another hurdle let's say adding another um, 50 pounds to your your weights there (laughs) How do you celebrate your wins? Every time you do something great, what do you do for yourself? Uh, I like to get tattoos. Oh, what's your favorite yeah. one? Um, so I actually just got one on my hand um, a couple of months ago that I got for publishing my book. And it is a raven skull with two uh, purple crocus flowers and some like scrolling um, designs from the, uh, the game Skyrim. Oh, very cool. So my husband's a big gamer. (laughs) Yeah. It's one of my favorite games and I totally nerded out and I'm like, Oh, that looks cool. So I was found a tattoo artist and he did a really good job. Celebrate. (laughs) That's cool. So how many tattoos do you have? Uh, I'm covered in tattoos. I have sleeves. <laughs> I have one thigh done and some of my back. Oh my gosh. So. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. A lot of accomplishments. I'm just yeah. No, seriously. It's, I mean, if you got a tattoo for every one of your accomplish- accomplishments and you're covered, that's pretty remarkable. I mean, you are remarkable anyway. We've talked a little bit. You are an amazing person. Um, <laughs> so if you could talk to them, what's one thing that you wish you could tell someone who's going through what you went through? Um, I would honestly tell them that, you know, sometimes you need to experience the absolute low points to be thankful for all of the high points that are coming. Um, not everything lasts forever. And sometimes you just have to build up from the ground up and, you know, start each day thinking this day is going to be a good day. I thought about, you know, I got my favorite coffee today or I smelled, you know, a flower that made me feel happy. You know, those are still little triumphs that can help build into something bigger you know it helps build your positivity and show you things that you are thankful for when you start looking and realizing all of the 
all of the nice things that happen to you in a day and you just have to push past you want to push past it so that you can you know realize what's out there and how to be happy sometimes it just takes you know um bad points in our life to show us everything that's good out there i would have to agree with that I don't think I had a great appreciation for life until I went through the worst of it. Yeah, and your story is absolutely insane. Like you are <laughs> you are an absolutely amazing person for everything <laughs> you've been through. And here you are like smiling and happy and thriving. Well, at the time I didn't see any alternative. It was either I live or I die, and I wasn't ready to die. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I know you've had those days too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I know you mentioned it once, but what is the name of your book? Um, so I am a fantasy author. I do uh grim dark fantasy and uh romance. Um, but this one is just a fantasy book. It is called A Voice Like Shadow and Brimstone. And it is part of uh, a trilogy that's called the Vermilion Witches series. Oh, very cool. Can you tell us a little bit about the book? So it is a twisted Hades and Persephone retelling. Um, it follows the main character who is Andraste. And um, she is the only known spell, mortal spellcaster in the Faderoth, which is the world I created. And, um, the, those around her that she tends and takes care of start praying to her and it angers the fey gods, which is, uh, like a twisted spinoff of the Greek pantheon. Right. And so, um, they end up, um, capturing her. And making her life an absolute hell with all these different trials so that they can try and break her. And it doesn't work. Um, she ends up finding out that her memories have been replaced. And so it's like one huge puzzle as you read the book trying to figure out um, what's a part of her actual memories and what has been planted there. Oh, wow. So she starts out being really timid and unsure of herself. And then as she moves through the book, it's a female empowerment of um, her finding herself, her trusting in her power and herself alone to uh, become more confident and powerful in herself without relying on anybody. That is cool. You know, when you were describing the land that you created, it reminded me kind of of how you described the area in which you live. And then her story, her arc kind of reminds me of your own story about you really struggled for a while and you had that downward spiral and you, you know, you, you overcame all of that. Is, is, is your story where you kind of got some of the inspiration for your character? Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, like I I definitely um, identify with my main character. Her name is Andraste. 
and you know she's just trying to struggle she is struggling trying to um believe in her power like she knows that she's powerful and that she can overcome it but she second guesses herself which I do quite a bit even now I know everything that I've been through and how powerful and strong I am but sometimes it just really makes it hard and I have to be reminded you know by those in my life that you know you're pretty badass absolutely <laughs> <laughs> So I, I imagine you probably have a few people in your life that you inspire uh, because of your strength, hopefully your kiddos. Um, but who inspires you? Who do you find inspiration in? Um, you know, I really, I don't have like one person that inspires me. I like, I like to hear people's stories and see what they've overcome and people that are nice and caring and um, help people out for no better reason than it was the right thing to do. Those people are true heroes, the people that make a difference when, when people are down on their luck, somebody who smiles at you as you're walking past. You know, I try and smile at people every day, um, whether they smile at back at me or not because I know that when I'm having a bad day if someone smiles at me it could just totally turn my perception around so the people that inspire me are those who go out of their way to make others feel like they are seen and others um, that they are cared about those are the people that really you know I think are heroes oh that's awesome that's very cool. And I know what you mean. I, I've been in those dark places myself where something as simple as somebody saying, how are you doing today? And I might lie. Right. <laughs> I might bald face lie. But by the time that lie comes out of my mouth, I am feeling better. I might say I'm feeling fine. And by golly, I start feeling fine. <laughs> I think it's just like that human connection that we don't get anymore. Like even... Yeah since I've been an adult, like times have changed, people just genuinely don't care. And just reaching out that hand and like smiling or saying, hi, how are you? Or like giving a compliment, like, oh, I like your shirt. You yeah. know, I like your hair just makes people like walk a little bit taller. They'd be like, oh man, like somebody noticed me. And that's what could pull someone out of a dark place. So I totally get that. I try to do that at least once with everywhere that I go when I'm alone. And it, there's kind of a mixed bag as to why I do it too. It's not always just for them. I have to drag myself out of my comfort zone. After everything that I survived, I would have been perfectly happy being a hermit for the rest of my life and never seeing another person. Right. And sometimes it can really scare me to just walk up to a stranger and talk to a total stranger. But if I'm in a grocery store and I see a lady who's dressed in some little dress that I think is pretty, or she's wearing a nice blouse or she's got her hair done real nice, I'll compliment her. I'll just walk up to a total stranger and say, I really love that dress. That's really cute. And it takes me out of my comfort zone, scares the crap out of me, makes them feel better. And then it makes me feel better. <laughs> right. I totally get that a hundred percent. <laughs> um so do you have a passage from your book that you would like to read to share to our listeners oh my goodness um I do but I actually my kids ran off with my book 
Uh oh. <laughs> um, well, if you wanted to look for that, well, you can do that. Um, if you've got the ability to carry us with you while you're doing it, you can tell us where people can find your book. So I am on Amazon. I am on Barnes and Noble, and I think it's called Kobo, Co- Roku, mm-hmm. Kobo something. Um, I'm on, on there, I'm at uh, Waterstones. Um, pretty much anywhere you can think of, um, I'm I'm gonna be right there. Very cool. So, That's what I like to hear. I do the same thing. Wine was, for the wind. I was so excited. My cousins live in York, England. And uh, my cousin was in Waterstones there, and she sent me a picture of my book that's actually on the shelf there, and she bought it. Oh, that's awesome. It was like the best feeling ever. That is every writer's dream is to see your own book sitting on a shelf. So I was just, I was just like absolutely honored that she could, she could find that. That is really cool. So, okay, I finally found my book. Okay. So, and this is one of my favorite little passages because the the imagery um just like absolutely gets me. We'll see if everyone likes it too. Nice. So, um but these traders do not pray to the fae of the Thrundul Andraste. He whispered in her ear. His breath was sweet and warm against her chilled face. Your power has grown. Your following has grown. He will not allow you to grow further against them. All it takes is one drop of water to create a ripple that disrupts a quiet lake. Andraste stilled. The realization hit her suddenly. The reason for them keeping her at a distance, the reverence the clansmen showed her, and the respect of her woods. It was all because they thought she was their goddess so that's probably wow. my favorite passage in the whole book like the drop of water in the lake just I can see all the ripples and how one action whether you mean it or not can affect everything around you absolutely oh I love that I I like your writing style that's right on par with things that I love to read so <laughs> I get that from quite a few people, but I never have an in-between like, yeah, you know, I I like your book. It's either, oh, I really enjoy your writing style or, oh, I do not like your writing style. I will never read another book that you write. Well, that's just not your target audience then. Exactly. They can can go find something else. (laughs) They can read Emily Bronte. Absolutely fine. I have people tell me that it's like um, Jude Devereaux. And Julie Harwood style, but in the 21st century with like a little bit of J.R.R. Tolkien spice. Nice. So I'm Very like, well, cool. that in itself is just absolutely amazing. I could see that. That's cool. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> I may have to check this out. Um, when we are done, if you wouldn't mind, can you send me an email that has a link directly to uh, your book? any of those outlets to where people can buy it just so they have a direct link to be able to go and grab that. Um, But I always have one last question that I love to ask people uh, just so it kind of gives everybody an idea of how they see themselves. 
And I love your answer that you filled out in the uh, questionnaire that I sent over, but you don't have to answer it the same way if you don't want to, but I have a feeling you probably will. Um, <laughs> what's one thing that you love about yourself that's not based on your physical appearance? Um, I honestly do not remember what I wrote, but I feel like <laughs> it was pretty, pretty good at the time. <laughs> um. Well, since we're going to answer this now, um, ah, you know what? I, I don't know. You caught me off guard with that one. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, you originally said it was your sense of humor because it's dark and off-putting. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and you said that you is- love dad jokes and you try to make people laugh even when we don't want to. <laughs> oh, well, then I'm going to definitely use that. <laughs> yes that that one <laughs> so I like my sense of humor and um I have a really sarcastic dark sense of humor um the army totally shaped me and um everything in the army is very dark and sarcastic and so I like to try make people laugh I find new dad jokes every week to you know embarrass myself with and (laughs) and put a smile on people's faces and they're absolutely terrible and I get it that my kids are only like I have a four-year-old a two and a half year old and a five-month-old and they honestly just look at me like I was speaking um French or alien and they're like that's not funny and I'm like well I thought it was hilarious (laughs) super funny so yeah, I would definitely say my personality, it's an acquired taste, my personality, um, but I, I enjoy it. And once people start talking to me, they tend to like it too. <laughs> I think you're a riot. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I know I said one last thing before we go, but it turns out that you just gave me another one because... I can't let you go without telling me a really good dad joke that I can then immediately go and tell my husband. Oh man, <laughs> you're going to put me on the spot. Well, because of my brain injury, like I have to write stuff down. Oh, and so, like I just like go through the internet and I find them and I'm like, Oh, this is really, this is really good. Um, hold on, I can find one real quick. That is actually <laughs> one of my favorite ones. And oh, very nice. I use this one quite a bit. It's it's saved on my phone for quick access. And uh, people just, just, you know, just look at me like I'm ridiculous. But uh, <laughs> you, you want to hear a joke about a piece of paper? <laughs> sure. Never mind. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is terrible, isn't it? <laughs> My husband's just like, uh, please don't, please don't use that one. And then I'm like, and I'm like, really? Come on. Like I had plans to begin reading a book about sinkholes, but they fell through. <laughs> and he's just like, that doesn't even, that those two sentences don't even go together. And I'm like, well, you know what? So I enjoy these bad dad jokes and they're all about books. So, you know, it fits what I do. <laughs> absolutely uh, we need more of your bad dad jokes right in the world yeah absolutely <laughs> uh, if you get a chance join the jupe uh, the, the group author memes on facebook oh yeah 
I started that one not too long ago. And if you put some of these dad jokes into memes, these are going to take off like wildfire. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Tolerate the dad jokes on there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love dad jokes and it's my group. So, yeah, we're going to tolerate. (laughs) I started it. I make the rules. (laughs) I'm totally going to do that because I need more people to uh, to inflate my uh, ego you know <laughs> that's my terrible dad joke it's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful exactly. thing <laughs> and I don't get dad jokes from a dad so I might as well get them from friends on the internet right exactly so I have a <laughs> friend who um he's uh on Instagram it's a uh, strength coach Shroka and mm-hmm. every Friday he posts a bad dad joke oh. and they're like and he comes up with them all on his own. And I'm just like, how do you do that? And he's just, you know, at first you don't think that it's going to be like a bad dad joke, but it is like this week's was the other day I spotted an albino Dalmatian. It was the least I could do for the little guy. <laughs> and I'm like, and then I have to sit there sometimes and I'm like, is this really a joke? <laughs> but yeah. Oh, that's cool. Well, I'm not the only one out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've got a few uh, pieces of ammo to take down to my husband now. That's great. <laughs> I, I can't wait to hear his groans. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> oh. Well, Maggie, I have chatting with you one more time. Uh, the name of your book, your first and last name, tell people where they can find you on the internet. So I am Maggie Dumbrock. It does not look like Maggie at all uh, <laughs> because it is spelled uh, traditional Scottish. So last name Dunbrock. And my book is A Voice Like Shadow and Brimstone, available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and Waterstones. Beautiful. Awesome. Uh, And I cannot thank you enough for being my very first interview for season three of this podcast. What a great way to start. (laughs) (laughs) You are the star of the season. You are number one. I am number one in something. (laughs) (laughs) Making me laugh at the moment. (laughs) I try my hardest. (laughs) You see, the thing about you, though, you don't have to try. It just comes naturally. It's because I'm a redhead. You know all about that. Oh, amen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Maggie, you're a hoot. I love it. Thank you so, so much for joining me. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me. Anytime you have another book coming out, let me know. Uh, We can put you back on the show. Perfect. I would love that. Thank you so much. (laughs) No problem. Thank you. Have a wonderful night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. (laughs) 
if you've enjoyed tonight's episode, make sure that you head on over and check out the episode description. You will find links on how you can both support this podcast and how you can actually follow this author on social media. Check out their website, find their books, find their blogs. Whatever it is that they provide me with is what I provide in the episode description. So check it out. Go support our people. <laughs>